Welcome to the Huntback Country Podcast. This is episode number 424. And today, Steve joins me and we talk about my recent Alaska doll sheep hunt. So I was in Alaska for a couple of weeks, uh, had quite an adventurous hunt, um, which you'll hear all about. Um, and we just tell that story today. It It's pretty wild to share the story and to really to have this experience. And partially, I just want to say to you guys, the listeners of the podcast, thank you. It's, it's really fun to be able to share stories of you guys and your listener stories, which we've just done. Uh, but it's equally as fun for me to have a trip like this and to be able to share it with you guys and tell the story and uh, lessons learned and things like that, which we'll get into in the future. In terms of lessons learned and details and gear and logistics and all that stuff, we didn't cover any of that in today's episode, so we're going to do a follow-up episode on more of the nitty-gritty type things, um, and we would love to just hear from you and what you guys want to hear. So if you have any questions about this hunt in particular, hunting Alaska in general, uh, any of the gear I used on this anything like that. Just shoot us an email, let us know, send that email to podcast at exomountgear.com and we will make sure to answer those questions on a future episode. Today's episode is purely just about the hunt and the story, how the hunt came together, how the hunt went, kind of like a day by day. Uh, It was a pretty wild adventure for sure. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Again, if you also have any stories, it doesn't have to be this grand, epic Alaska doll sheep hunt, but any stories from your fall, uh, lessons learned, highlights, fun moments, funny stories, details to share, we'd love to hear about that as well. So again, you can send that also via email to podcast at exomongear.com. But right now, let's go ahead and dive in. Steve joins me and we talk about my Alaska doll sheep hunt. Sheep hunt, Steve. Sheep hunt. <laughs> it's uh, a shoot. I, I think, yeah, so today's September 7th. Uh, teaser, I filled my tag on September 1st. <laughs> so I sell that to say it's like six days removed from that experience. I've only been home for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, like thinking of doing this and like telling the story in the podcast is one of those like in my head, it's like difficult because there was so much that happened in 11 days. And then since it's only been a couple of days that I've been home and it was like a, an abrupt return to reality, like I haven't fully processed the sheep hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just weird for me, to be honest with you, to be on this side of it and go, holy cow, like I actually went on a sheep hunt and actually killed it all sheep because I did not think that that was going to be reality. Like even the whole opportunity yeah. to go is pretty, pretty freaking surreal for sure. Hmm. Well, I guess most stories start at the beginning. So let's start there. You, <laughs> you, you got the let's sheep start there. Sheep tag. What was the original plan? Like what, what day did you fly up there? What day were you hiking into the field? Was it right away? How far were you hiking? I believe there was a ram scouted. Yeah. Yeah. So for context, I guess the very beginning, I was hunting with Mark, uh, Rowan Horst, who 
I hunted goats with last year in Alaska. Um, it was the you know the first time I hunted with Mark. I had known him a bit prior. He had done a death hike with us, and we've been in contact at first through email for a few years, but then you know met in person and all that. So I did that goat hunt with him last year, and he reached out to me in February uh, of this year of 2023, and like an email just said we were we were exchanging emails about something else and he this was kind of like a ps in an email and he was like hey i'm just throwing it out there if there's any chance you think you could swing a sheep hunt this year would be interested let me know because i kind of have uh you know a unique opportunity that may be worth talking about and so that caught me off guard and i was like well i gotta hear about this opportunity now and essentially long story short he was gonna guide in a different unit than he historically has and it was just kind of a new opportunity for him. And, you know, he was thinking he wanted to do this hunt with someone he knew um, and just kind of threw it out at me and we started talking. So it really, I wasn't planning on quote unquote hunting sheep this year till like that was the beginning of that conversation it was like February. And then I think by probably April, it became a real thing of holy cow, going sheep hunting. So anyway, it was it was fun to go into this hunt with him. It's just the two of us. Uh, and I just enjoy, I enjoy him. Like he's just a great guy to hunt with. And yeah, it was just super exciting. So yeah, the plan, um, you know, we flew up, Mark lives in Fairbanks and, uh, just flew straight up, met up with him. Uh, we literally went straight from the airport to the rifle range checked zero on my rifle i fired one round and was done like it was just there was like this tiny i don't know quarter inch three eighth inch like bullseye and just hammered it and i was like all right that's good for me <laughs> rifles on and uh we went to his house and just kind of loaded up gear and food and final checklist and uh we took off the next morning so had a bit of uh you know travel and stuff like that to get to the hunt area and then started hiking and at this point it is two days before um before my tag actually started before my opening day and yeah as you said he had a ram kind of scouted which was interesting to me the whole time to have this potential of not only going on a guided hunt like that's still weird to me mm -hmm. but obviously is required um, but then to also like be talking with Mark for really a few months leading up to the hunt, he had first found this particular sheep in May and then I think relocated him again in July and then had relocated him again, just like a week before I was going up to Alaska. And so there's this like relatively good probability of, Hey, we can go in here two days before season maybe relocate the sheep, hang with it, and then essentially maybe kill it on opening day, which was super weird to me. Like, I kind of didn't yeah. know what to think I, about it. I was hoping that you didn't kill that ram. Like, because yeah. <laughs> there's not much, uh, you, like, you're just kind of, you know, you got drug along, you know, you're, yeah. and held, your hand was held, and here's a sheep, kill it. And like, there'd been no. a lot less of a story there for sure. Yeah, yeah, like and in, less less experience, less memories. Right. And Mark knows that about me. So he was even like joking 
in the final trip that he went scouting, uh, he was kind of joking. He's like, hey, I relocated, relocated that ram. Do you want me to like go bust him out of this country for you? Like, <laughs> like go kick him out of here. Maybe we can find him somewhere else. But like actually have to like go hunt for him because I think he had located this ram three times and it was within, you know, like two drainages. Like it was pretty, pretty tight mm. home area. And so, yeah, it was really weird. Um, I didn't know what to think about it, but it was like, man, sheep hunting's tough. This is still far from guaranteed. It was a gorgeous ram. Mark had put effort into it. It was a beautiful ram. It was a beautiful ram. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, that was plan A. But still, like, part of me was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this until we're there, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, we we start the hike. Uh, had quite a bit of ground to cover to get back into this country, and it's just always fun for me. Like I've been to Alaska a handful of times, but totally new area, different terrain, things like that. Just the hike in was fun, and literally eating blueberries before we broke out to the Alpine, and then getting above tree line and starting to do some glassing. And right off the bat, it was a pretty like windy day that first hike in. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, for me, it was like getting your legs back under you. It was my first hunt of the year. Well, since spring, but in the mountains and yeah, it was good. So it was windy, breezy. We, uh, we spotted some sheep kind of, we hiked up this ridge and there's kind of big, big drainage, big basin off to our right. And, uh, that the particular ram we were talking about had been in this basin before, um, once and, we were seeing a bunch of sheep in there, but didn't see the ram. And it was also just like so windy that it was really hard to glass because you just don't have any stability, like even on a tripod, even with binoculars, like not just with a spotter. It was just so windy up there mm-hmm. and uh, kind of rain on and off and, you know, just getting up on these some knife ridges and this wind and right off the bat, I was like, oh, this weather is going to be interesting, you know. So we eventually uh, kind of dropped down as best as we can to get a, a camp spot out of the wind. And it's still breezy up through here. And right off the bat, like that first night, you know, in camp, I was like, man, I'm, I'm glad I brought a Hilleberg, you know, like, <laughs> but I didn't try to go too light with uh, shelter here just because the wind, even as we dropped down, kind of tried to get sheltered from it was pretty strong that first night. But yeah, it was, a you know, pretty much the first day was just hiking in. We did see some sheep, but didn't do a ton of glassing and then uh we didn't think the ram was in that drainage that we had looked into so uh the next day we were going to pick up camp and then kind of work over into an adjoining drainage and maybe relocate the ram so again still the day before opening day we wake up uh pack up camp and kind of climb up and over some ridges and look into this new drainage and we kind of get, you know, through a saddle to overlook this drainage and sat and glassed for a little bit and wasn't seeing anything initially. And then Mark was like, hey, I'm going to go kind of like hook around here to the left. And uh, it basically opened up the drainage more where he could see more just by changing the angle. And literally, like, as soon as he got up to walk away, I was like, oh, there's some sheep. I just glassed. And so I called Mark back. I'm like, hey, I think I have two sheep here. So he sits back down. 
we glass and it looks like two rams uh, through the binos and um, we decided to like climb up gain some elevation get a different perspective and then we were going to put up the spotter once we got to this new spot so we did that kind of make this climb kind of a big, big push to look up and over and really down into this drainage from the top and uh, did that get the spotting scope up and uh that was one decision also that was kind of weird like we purposely because of weight chose to only carry one spotter so there's definitely times where i'm like itching like let me get in there let me get in there you know (laughs) and uh anyway he's in the spotter for just a little bit and uh he comes out of the spotter and just turns and looks at me with a big old smile and was like it's him and i could tell at that point that Mark was just very excited about this Ram in general. Like he had scouted them. He was super mm-hmm. excited about, you know, the quality of the Ram. And I, he was just very excited, which made me very excited, you know? So it was fun to locate him. We spent time looking at him that morning and he was with one other Ram that looked to probably be legal. And then one small young Ram. So sort of like this group of three. So we're up there. Um, kind of watched them for a bit that morning, sat on them. And as I mentioned, we had like picked up camp, but the winds were still real bad. Now we're much higher and exposed and we're looking at all the options and terrain and kind of ultimately decided that where we had camped last night was still the best spot to camp in. And so it's like, okay, midday, let's drop back down. We'll basically go set up camp again right where we had come from because um, it offered the best protection and it was still, you know, not a terrible hike to get back up to this drainage where the ram was. And so we hiked back midday, set up camp, kind of took a little bit of a break. And uh, it's like mid afternoon at this point, probably like three o'clock. And we're sitting there and I see this guy hiking down this nasty face like across from our camp and so i tell mark i'm like oh there's a hunter and i pull up my binos and get to looking at him more closely and uh he's hiking down this pretty nasty face and he has a rifle like slung over his back and a pair of binos and that's it like he has what no pack (laughs) he has (laughs) No, like seemingly no food, no water, no pack, no nothing. And he's like going down this face that like just dropped into this nasty like box canyon. And Mark and I are like, where the heck is this? One, where did he come from? But two, where is he going? You know? Mm-hmm. And like he, we had no idea. We were so confused about like where he was why he was going the direction he was and the fact that he didn't have anything with him and um he like goes down and we had a better perspective to see what he was headed into than he did and so we're like he must be trying to get down but there's no way he's gonna get down like this this face like ends in a cliff that just drops into this box canyon well sure enough he keeps working down and working down and working down and he gets to this cliff edge And he's literally like looking down it and then he looks back up like this face he just descended and it looks like he's thinking man i don't want to climb back up that so then he looks back down the cliff again (laughs) 
and like looks back up and he's just like waffling like almost like he didn't know what to do or something and but there was like there's no way that you're going to get down this cliff well anyway he ends up like finally making a decision to like turn around and climb back up but mark and i were somewhat worried about him like he looked super tired and like he didn't have anything with him and from our perspective didn't look like he was necessarily making like good decisions good decisions mm-hmm. yeah so it was like i don't know but he was he was across that box canyon from us and there was like nothing we could do like we it was super windy we couldn't yell at him you know we couldn't like give him anything it was he was kind of an unreachable spot from where we were so anyway that was just like really really random really weird so um yeah it's we're like that was weird and then it gets towards, you know, kind of like eve- starting to get late afternoon, evening hours. And it's like, all right, let's go check up on that ram again. So we make this climb, go back into the basin where we found the ram, relocate all three of them, glass them again. And uh, yeah, they were just out feeding essentially in a real similar spot, tucked back kind of uh, in this draw, in this drainage. And we watched them for a while and it's like, man, how, you know, do we want to stay up here super late? And this whole time, the the weather was like pretty bad, just rain, blowing, blowing hard wind. And so we sat on them till probably seven o'clock or something that night. And I was like, all right, well, let's head back, get to bed fairly early so that we can wake up super early, get up here for opening day, um, see what happens. You know, and in Alaska, like it was getting light pretty early, but there's also no shooting hours in Alaska, which is interesting. It's like if you have Mm. shooting light, it's illegal. So there's no like, hey, we need to wait till, you know, 630 in the morning or whatever. Like essentially after it goes midnight, like it's quote unquote opening day. And if you had shooting light, you could shoot. So we're going to get up super early. Yeah. What was what was kind of available shooting light? Um somewhere in the five o'clock hour probably like okay. obviously depends on your distance and the conditions but um yeah, yeah you could be shooting before 6 a.m for sure so we were okay. going to get up at i can't remember like four or something and like hike up there and you know it, it's one of those things too you don't like we didn't want to push too hard without too much light because it's like if the rams moved you know we didn't want to make bad decisions or spook them out so we were trying to balance like let's get up there early but not so Mm -hmm. early that we need headlamps or that we could potentially you know blow this thing without good visibility and all that so it was it was it was tough to sleep that night obviously for a couple of reasons one is because it's like okay in alaska tomorrow's opening day we have this stud ram located like what's tomorrow gonna bring what's it gonna be like etc and it was just fierce fierce winds like you would hear the winds like wanting to come up this little canyon we were in and you would hear them hit like these canyon walls and you knew like a second later it was going to be smashing your tent and just so it was one of those nights we were kind of up quite a bit both of excitement but also like this tent's just getting blown and getting rocked and uh so it was pretty easy (laughs) <laughs> to get up the next morning because I just definitely <laughs> didn't sleep very much for sure. Were you obviously that with that kind of wind, you're thinking about how the hell am I going to shoot in this? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very, very real of like it dramatically not only reduced effective range, it was so windy at times with gusts that it was like, I don't want to shoot further than hundred yards. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was legit. Um, so yeah, we didn't, I mean, that was definitely a factor of like, how close do we have to get and can we even shoot and is, you know, or the wind's going to be like this in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we get up super early. Um, again, like still windy, still raining. Um, you know, it's this pretty solid hike to get away from camp. We decided to just leave camp and it was like, we're, you know, just wanted to be patient, like wake up, it's windy, it's rainy. We're just planning on this long, wet, cold day of finding these sheep. And, you know, to like, to your point, like maybe we can't shoot this morning, but we're just like, I had been gearing up for this mental grind of a day of like sitting on these sheep, being patient, being smart, dealing with the wind and the rain, and just like trying to find, you know, the right window to make something happen. So we climb up there, um, get some decent light, kind of went to the same spot, same vantage point, and right away spot a couple rams. Um, but it was only a couple rams and there was originally three rams. So throw the spotter up and the quote unquote target ram, the big mature ram, the one Mark been scouting was not there. It was the probably legal ram and then the small ram. And so immediately it was like, okay, like this was the plan. Like we were up here for this ram are we not seeing him? Did he move? Like, what in the world happened? And like, literally, Mark and I at first were just kind of in disbelief. Like, we didn't say much. We're just like, we have to be missing him. Like, he has to be tucked behind something like a rock or a vantage point. But the more and more we glassed, we didn't find him. And then we moved to get kind of a different vantage point and didn't relocate him. And it was clear, like these other two rams were out and feeding and totally visible. And every time Mark had seen this ram, he was always with this other, like, probably legal ram. And so Mark's like, I don't know, man. Like, it would be weird for that ram to take off on his own now because he's been with this other ram, you know, every time I've seen him. And then, uh, so we're sitting there just like, what the heck? And then literally at one point we saw some like ravens circling and it was like, well, that's kind of ominous. Like, is there any chance somebody snuck in here and shot this ram before we did? I was like, no, you know, no, that couldn't happen. So anyway, we were, we ended up like kind of sneaking in on these rams and kind of had like a stalk and, uh, just to get closer and just to verify like we weren't crazy and, we got within uh, 500 yards of them and uh, that took like some crawling and maneuvering and stuff, which was kind of fun. But anyway, we get long story short, we get there and it's just the two and we still don't know what the third is, but it's like, well, maybe he did take off on his own. So we, we like, you know, started looking at maps and plotted a, a route where we could cover some country and look up 
you know, look from the top down into different basins and and maybe see him if he moved. So basically spent the rest of the morning doing that. And this whole time, like the winds just kept getting worse and worse and worse, like to the point where you would be hiking along. And if you like went to take a step and you had like one foot in the air in particular, like, you know, walking and you had one foot on the ground and a gust would hit, like, I'm not exaggerating. It would not only just want to slightly push you, it would like legitimately blow you over. And there was times we were like scrambling on like loose rock and stuff where Mark and I literally both would just like hit the deck and sit and wait. Like the winds were that bad. I'd never been in anything like it. And uh, so that's going on. And then Mark's like, man, I'm kind of getting worried. Like I want to pull a forecast, but I'm kind of getting worried about our tents. Like I don't know if if things are going to get worse, like I don't know if they can take much more than they took last night because they were rocking last night. So we're covering ground, doing all that, pulling in reach forecast, and there's like severe wind warnings and the winds throughout the rest of this day and then overnight were supposed to be 20 to 30 mile an hour higher than the night before. And Mark's like, I don't know if we can like ride this out because there was there was really nowhere to hide from it like up top it was bad but every time we tried to drop in to somewhere sheltered it was like the winds would still just find a way to rip through it so it gets to be like early afternoon still hadn't relocated this ram it's so windy you can't glass like we saw other sheep but again like you would go to sit and even with a tripod or even like sitting glassing with your hands on your knees like you're physically getting blown to where you can't, you just can't glass, yeah. like period. So like, all right, we're gonna, let's just drop down and like go check on our camp. So we do that. The tents are still standing. We can see them as we approach, which is great. And we literally get like 10 feet from my tent and Mark goes, there's a backpack. And I look and there's like a backpack at my tent, like an old Badlands pack. What? And about that time, my tent goes and a dude crawls out of my tent. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) And I'm like, Hey, and he goes, Oh man, guys, like, I'm so sorry. He was like, I was just so wet and cold and a bear tore up my camp last night and I lost a bunch of my gear and yada, yada, yada. And like, you could tell he was like semi not with it. Like legitimately like kind of concerning. And so of course I'm like, dude, I'm I'm just glad like you're okay. I don't mind, you know, I'm glad you took shelter in my tent, whatever, like no big deal. Cause he was trying to be very apologetic. And, uh, he was like, yeah, like I was out late last night and then we're starting to piece the puzzle together. I was like, I think this is the dude we saw scrambling down the ridge last night. And, uh, he starts talking and he wasn't fully making sense. I think just because of his state but then he mentions like yeah i was like out late last night and just stumbled upon this ram and ended up killing a ram last night but then i didn't have a camp because a bear tore out my camp and so i had to stay out all night last night and yada 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 i'm like oh you killed a ram last night huh and so mark and i were both like you killed our ram (laughs) we didn't say that but we're thinking it you know Yeah. yeah and this ram like from scouting it, it had this white, like almost like your ram did, Steve, like this big chunk out of the horn. 
Mm -hmm. but you could tell it was more recent because it was like still white like the inside of um the horn had been exposed and so we kind of asked guys like that ram have like a chunk out of its horn he's like yeah did you guys see that ram mark's like yeah we've kind of been watching it (laughs) you know like kept it pretty low-key but anyway the dude shot quote-unquote our ram i say that you know loosely i didn't Mm. think it was ours by any means but the dude shoots the ram had a bear literally tear up his camp had nowhere to go he was like out all night he shot that ram late he wasn't aware of it he basically stumbled upon it at some point like after we had left it because he had there was like you know an hour and a half to two hours of shooting light left after we had left the ram the night before and this guy Mm -hmm. had a different tag and his tag was ending that night right before mine started so essentially within like Oh, two hours his final two hours of daylight on his whole season he stumbled upon this ram and killed it which you know was right before my season started so and as we're standing there talking with this guy these winds are so bad like our hillbergs are collapsing like full-on collapsing i mean and we had them we had them staked out we used every single guy line um, we had rocks piled on top of every single stake. So like they're structurally, like we had them set up as solid and as protected as we could be. And the winds were so bad that the poles were just like bending. And my whole tent was like, would go from fully erect and a gust of wind would hit it so hard. I'm not exaggerating. It would lay a hundred percent flat, like completely flat. And so all this is going on. It's blowing rain. It's wind. We're still talking with this guy. He shot the ram. I mean, it was just like the weirdest, wildest warp of a scenario. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked with this guy like, hey, do you need any help? And he's like, no, my buddy's on the way. He's going to help me pack it out, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, Mark and I were just in a little bit of like disbelief. Like, I can't believe that that went down like that, you know, like. We just left the ram. He stumbles upon it, kills it. His camp's destroyed. Now he's in our camp. Like, it was just the weirdest thing. But Mark and I, as we were talking to this guy, our tents were getting hammered. And it was like, this is flat out, like, not livable, you know? And we're talking to this guy for a little bit, and he ends up leaving. And I go back to go to my tent. And by the time I got back to it, I walk up to it, and I find sections of pole just sections of pole like 10 feet away from my tent my poles not only bent they snapped and then like the sharp edge of the aluminum shot itself out of the pole sleeve and was like scattered around the campsite it was insane like i've I've never been in any winds like this ever i can't imagine what yeah what are you talking about like 60 70 miles an hour like yeah so at one point they for the place we could get weather which was like down off the mountain they were forecasting 70 miles an hour off the mountain off the mountain yeah only so stronger i don't know up there. yeah i mean i'm assuming it's stronger up there i don't you know i hate to make up numbers but yeah like legitimately right. forecasted 70 miles an hour enough to like snap a hilleberg literally and eject the poles out of it <laughs> and so <laughs> we our shelters are hammered. Like at this point, it's that it doesn't matter if I want to be up there or not. The poles snapped and shot themselves out of the tent. Yeah. A ram's killed. 
and we're just like licking our wounds, you know? And it's still going on. Like this weather is like driving rain and craziness. And so we're just like, oh, I guess we're hiking out of this country. So we spent like all day, all afternoon hiking in those winds. Um, they never let up. And again, like without exaggeration, there would be times that they would blow us over or that we would sit down to get from to keep from being blown over. I mean, it it's like one of those things you've seen like on TV or fake video where you can like stand and lean into the wind and like you're leaning mm-hmm. over at a 45 degree angle with no support, but the wind's just like holding you there. It was literally like that. It was wild. So yeah, we lick our wounds. We spend the whole day hiking out of there. It's, you know, day three of the hunt at this point. And we're back in Mark's truck. And it. <laughs> I told him, I was like, man, this is like deja vu. Because that's essentially how my goat hunt went. Like, mm. we went out and hunted for a couple of days. The weather got so bad, we had to bail off the mountain. And essentially, that's what we're doing again. And we're still just trying to make sense of everything. So anyway, we drive and drive and drive and drive. Like we ultimately were like, do we try and go find a tent, borrow a tent, whatever? We ultimately, the forecast for the next day was essentially more the same. And it's truly just not huntable. Like if you're out there, you can't glass, you can't do anything. And we ultimately decided to drive all the way back up to Mark's like regroup, get new shelter. He had busted a trekking pole. I had busted part of my rifle. Um, Like we had multiple broken things, uh, including our shelters. And then it just wasn't going to be a humble day. And so we drove for hours and hours and got back up there, spent all the next day kind of regrouping, coming up with a plan, repacking, um, and then drove multiple, multiple hours again to get back down and basically go, okay, let's start from scratch, like new area, new hunt, new gear at this point. And so now it's very much, uh, um, yeah, just like brand new hunt. Like we're not hunting a scouted ram. We're not doing any of that stuff. So day four was essentially the recoup day. Um, and then day five, we're hiking into new country. Um, I had gotten kind of sick, I think just from the weather, like the cold, the wind, the rain. I was super snotty, kind of had a bit of an earache, wasn't feeling great. Like I wasn't going to let it stop me by any means, but it was kind of bad enough. I was a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, I was a little bit worried about it. But so, yeah, essentially day five, we, um, I'll skip some logistics, but we hiked in, um, did a bunch of miles, got into some new country kind of got to this point where we're at the fork of like multiple drainages that head off in different directions and kind of camped at the base of like that big intersection um, just to give us a lot of options to look at a lot of country and before we go in any certain direction like all right let's glass let's see what we can see let's see what we want to chase we glassed that evening from camp saw some sheep uh, in a couple different directions, which was exciting. And we could tell it held some rams, but they were at a distance enough. It was hard to tell exactly what was what, but um, interesting enough to, you know, pursue either of these mm-hmm. big different groups, which was fun. So 
it was a ton of work to get back to where we were. I'm like skipping a lot of the suck of the hike and mm-hmm. yeah, just bus like there was we had to go through willows for a while and some crazy water stuff and it was just a lot of work to get back there. It was like, all right, we're new spot, we're on sheep, this is great. Um go to bed, wake up, it's day six uh now in the morning, and essentially just don't have like any visibility. Um so from when we first wake up, we kind of like a little bit. It's like, okay, let's chill in the tent, eat breakfast. Hopefully this, you know, moves off, burns off, blows out, whatever. The morning kind of carries on a little bit, still mixed visibility. You just can't really see much, um, can't really verify anything. And, you know, that continued really to probably like nine, 10. And it was finally like, all right, well, the visibility sucks, but I just don't want to sit in the tent. Like, let's just go. And that one group of sheep in particular was like a bit further off and i'm thinking all right let's just you know we get towards them like we're gonna get a window to look at them and uh basically there's a big glacier between our camp and where these sheep were and dude that glacier travel is just crazy and when i say glacier like some people probably picture just pure ice but it's like parts of the glacier receding. And then so what's left is like what they call the glacier moraine. So it's just these giant like piles of rock of all sizes, like from pebble to, you know, vehicle size rock and everything in between. And it just gets piled up in these real steep like ridges. So it'll like peak and drop and peak and drop. And so you're constantly like just climbing up and down over jagged loose rock of all sizes and you kind of don't know what is going to hold and what's going to give and so it's you know it's just very tiring um it's still windy and rainy this whole time so everything's wet and loose and steep and just crossing that glacier stuff is it's just tiring and it takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. so we do that we're covering ground um but everything is just so slow and takes so much effort and we kind of get to a spot where we're able to glass these sheep, but to get any further, we're going to be pretty exposed. Um, so we sit and look at them for a bit, look through them with a spotter. Again, it's mixed visibility. So it's like for a moment you could see, and then you couldn't, and then you could, and then you couldn't. And I think that group was, there's probably like, I think there was eight in that group, if I remember correctly. And there's one ram in particular that was just looked super heavy. Um, and again, with the mixed visibility, it was like we'd see him for a second and then wouldn't. And then, you know, he'd only present certain angles. And the one side we could see was his right side. And he didn't appear to be full curl. But I was like, well, maybe he's broomed down. Like he was just super, super heavy. And we never ended up seeing his left side. And it was like, all right, we're at this decision point where we need to commit to pursuing them to close the distance and, you know, either confirm if it's legal. And then if it is like maybe have a shot opportunity, but it's getting late in the day at this point, the weather's still just blowing and rain like this whole time. And so we kind of talked about like the pros and cons of like, okay, what if we do the effort, but don't have visibility? Um, What if we do the effort? but don't get a shot. What if we do get a shot? And, you know, how late that's going to be? Can we cross this glacier again 
at night with, you know, just by headlamp with heavy packs. If we kill this ram, um, can we stay out if we kill this ram? But it was so wet and so windy, like that didn't seem very safe. So we're just going through all these, you know, scenarios and ultimately decided, all right, let's leave these guys here. We can come back on them tomorrow. You know, like again, like a full day of effort. We'll leave in the morning. And then we basically decided to make this loop back towards camp kind of a different way than we had first come because it would open up some new country to look into that we hadn't seen yet. And, you know, maybe we'll find a different ram or better ram looking into this new country. So that's what we decided to do. Um, Let's look for some different sheep, look at different country, and we can always come back to these tomorrow. So again, big effort, get to the top, um, looking into this new country. And again, just pretty crappy visibility, Um, just blowing wind again, blowing rain. (laughs) We're actually up there. (laughs) We glassed for a bit. And then like I have this video, Mark just curls up in the fetal position. We're just like up there in our rain gear, just getting hammered. And he just curls up in the fetal position like I'm done with this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I have a video of him just laying there. And we rode that out, glassed as what we could, didn't see any sheep in this new country, actually was able to glass a, a pretty solid bull moose like in the bottom, which was pretty fun. Um, but basically set up there for like all the rest of the afternoon and evening and then made our way back to camp with the intentions of, okay, we didn't see any new sheep. Um, so like, let's go back up towards that glacier sheep the next day and as we're hiking back to camp we're kind of looking back up to that glacier band and the sheep which honestly were in a great spot to approach and to stalk and to shoot had left that whole side they're basically called the right side of the glacier and they had like crossed at the head of the glacier and went to the left so as we're almost back to camp we can see that that whole band of sheep was on the other side of the glacier which is going to be harder to hunt them on. So that was like kind of frustrating. But anyway, get back to camp, go to bed, um, plan on like another pretty early wake up call. Got to go through this whole glacier again. Again, it's just like, it's hard to put into words like the effort it takes to move in this country, but get up fairly early. Um, it probably took probably almost three hours or probably three hours to get into a position where we could get the spotter on these sheep. And we got within, I think right at 650 yards. Um, and they were up feeding and was able to look this ram over. And there's one other one that was decent in this group and ultimately just decided he wasn't quite legal. Um, Mark had him aged safely, conservatively at seven. He could have been eight. Um, and then he just wasn't quite full curl. He wasn't broomed. Um, so there's just, just like nothing where we can make him legal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was like a big effort to get up there, um, spend the time looking at him. He's not legal. Uh, we essentially didn't have anything else going in that direction so we're hiking kind of back towards camp and there had been this other 
group of sheep we had seen from camp. Um, and they had just always been literally in these cliffs that we don't we don't know that we could get and close the shooting distance, but we're also super concerned that even if we could, they were just like in a fall zone where truly could be unrecoverable. I mean, they were it, hunting them w- w- felt much more like hunting mountain goats of like, hey, I see a goat, I could shoot a goat, but I can't retrieve the goat or get to it type thing. Like they were in that type of cliff. Mm-hmm. And so we got back to camp and those sheep were even honestly in a worse position than the other times we'd seen them. And we still couldn't confirm that the ram in that group was legal, but I'm pretty confident it was. I think Mark would say the same now. Like we were pretty confident he was legal. We just couldn't say for sure. But they were just, yeah, I just don't know that they were honestly huntable where they were. And so we kind of from camp watched them the rest of the evening Um was curious to see where they would be in the morning and they just always stayed in a real tough position and uh so yeah we kind of woke up the next day day eight i didn't sleep but great i wasn't shooting great at this point or shooting great i wasn't uh sleeping great at this point like i'm starting to feel like just the mental and physical fatigue of like you know, it's day eight now. We had this ram shot from under us. We're, we're on these rams that we can't make legal. The weather's been tough like the entire time. We're doing pretty big miles or sometimes not big miles, but tough miles of effort. Like it was just starting to like wear on me of like, gosh, like, you know, this is, this is a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was like, I don't, you know, I don't know what the plan is from here. Like, where do we go? We're in this country, but you know, there's either illegal rams or rams we can't hunt. And we pulled forecasts again and they were just calling for bigger winds to come back again. So that was really frustrating. Um, and then, you know, talking through options and plans with Mark, we just ultimately decided to, to push, to a whole new drainage which was putting us even deeper um you know it's going to be a longer hike if we're ever successful it's gonna be a much longer pack out but we just had to like see some new country and and hopefully turn up you know new options for rams and so we kind of made that decision so we popped stakes um on the morning of day eight and made a pretty big effort to go kind of up and through a mountain pass and to just get into a bunch of new country. And we were, we were probably able to set up the tent. Um, oh no, we set up the tent in the evening. We wanted to push further, but we're kind of running out of time. And then the next day we were like, okay, let's pick up the tent. Let's like get further into the huntable portion of this country. But as we did that, the weather's getting like worse and worse and worse. And so it's probably 1 p.m. And to get much further, we had to cross another glacier, a totally different glacier. And the winds had kicked up fierce again where it was literally blowing us. And 
we weren't sure we could safely cross the glacier in these winds because again it's like very steep loose rugged it's already easy to slip but then when the winds start blowing you around like it truly could be pretty dang dangerous like fall wise and plus we weren't sure like where we could find a decent camp spot if the winds were going to be terrible so essentially by 1 p.m we made the decision of like hey like i think we shouldn't cross the glacier we should set up camp um we had found a pretty protected spot and we basically rode out that whole day of more wind and rain in the tent and that was tough to be like just another day of weather screwing with us another day of not hunting not feeling like it was huntable like even if we wanted to be out um and so yeah just again like mentally i'm like god this is getting hard like i don't feel like i'm hunting right now we don't have any you know prospects like we're not on rams we're trying to get into a new country we want to be in new country we want to be hunting but like just you know weather's not cooperating it's day eight and it was just a long day in the tent and it was like mentally just pretty tough to be confined there (laughs) but i will say by the end of that day like it was a long day in the tent but by the end of it it was almost i just you know i was kind of fighting that mental battle and by the end of it i was just like you know had to remind myself like it is what it is can't control it so i can't worry about it um i kind of came to the point of I'm glad it sucked that bad. Like in the sense of like, this is what I want, right? Like I don't want this to be easy. I want to have to battle, right? Like whether it's Mm -hmm. mentally or physically, I I didn't want to quit the hunt, but what I wanted, where my head was at was like, if all this is going to be is like enduring weather, and dealing with the suck and not actually hunting, then I just want to be done. Like, I don't want to be out here for no reason and just be in a tent, you know what I mean? Or to be here, but not have it be huntable. And so I was never like wanting to quit, but it was like, hey, this is feeling fruitless and pointless and whatever. But I almost like just accepted that and relished it in a way because it was like, no, screw you. <laughs> We're going to make this happen. You know what I mean? It was just like that mental right. battle. Um and I just got to the point where I was like, good, I want this to be hard. I want this to suck. I want to want to not do this because it makes me want to do it more type thing. So anyway, my it was just like one of those mental grind days of being in a tent and whatever. Um, And I was just like, all we, God, just give us one good day. Like, give me a chance. Give me a good day of weather and let us actually freaking hunt because it like we had been hiking hard, we've been covering country, but I, you know, there was like, I didn't feel like we had hunted like we had, but just stuff wasn't allowing us to. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, yeah. So anyway, so wake up, um, you know, full day in the tent. I was day eight, I think. And then now it's like day nine. It was decent looking weather. Um it was like mixed visibility. The clouds were breaking a little bit. The weather or the winds were down a bit. Um, and we had 
glassed sheep prior way across the glacier. A big group. Again, it was like, I think it was like three something miles. So it was like, you can only see so much, but it was like, all right, let's, the sheep, like, let's close the distance. I don't know if there's legal rams or not. So again, a big effort to cross this glacier when we couldn't cross before because the wind. So wake up fairly early, crossing this glacier, get into the very end of the glacier and the, the group of sheep that we had been keeping tabs on a little bit were basically off to our right. And we were, Mark and I were kind of in the middle of like, hey, do we go high and loop around? There's like the saddle we could come up into and maybe peak. Um, we were trying to figure out like what's the best slash most approachable way to get up and over this ridge and hopefully look down on these sheep. And as we're doing that, um, Mark had kind of looked up to the left and spots two sheep. And he's like, hey, there's sheep up here. And we're kind of just coming out of this tight glacier spot. Uh, we look with the binos. He's like, oh, that's two rams. And I could tell like he was pretty excited. And so again, we kind of set up the spotter and we're in this real tight position. And uh, he's like, yep, two old rams. And so I was like, all right, game on. We got some weather. We got some rams. Like, let's let's see what we can do. And they, we were probably like 900 yards at that point, and they were up feeding and in a spot where, again, it's like we had limited options on how to move because we're moving through the glacier to end around on them would be really tough. But then coming off this glacier, we had very limited options on how to move and potentially try to close the distance. So at first we we kind of get off the glacier and there's this um, there's this depression that we're able to use to get a little bit closer and stay concealed, and then we're kind of exposed to one of the rams, but not the other. But the rams kind of like face in the other direction from us, and so we're playing the whole game of like I would keep my eyes on the ram through the binos and tell Mark to move, and he would move like 15 yards, and then he would pull up the glass and then cover me to move to make sure we weren't going to get busted because we were exposed. So we were just kind of like leapfrogging and kind of playing lookout for each other. And then um, we got to one point where we were just going to be totally exposed to both of them. So we ended up gaining quite a bit of elevation on this hillside and using this little like rise in the hill, we stayed on the backside of it to obscure us, but we're not closing the distance on the rams at this point. We're just gaining elevation above them to then hopefully put some other terrain between us and them to then close the distance. And so it's just, you know, super loose, um, like shaly face that we're climbing, climb that, um, can't see the rams at this point. They can't see us. So we start closing the distance. We ended up having to drop down low again to another spot. And it was just fun. Like we were on a stalk at this point of like, all right, there's Rams, very confident or legal. How do we move in this country? Like, how do we play this smart? Uh, where can we get to? It was just like, it was so fun. Like we were hunting now, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, just tough country, tough moving, loose stuff just play in the whole game. Like, how do we close the distance? What can we do? And we had identified these rock features that it's like, man, if we can get to these rock features, I, we're going to be under 300 yards, I bet. 
And so it took a while. Um, and there's always way more terrain and topography than what you see, you know, like until you're in it, mm. like you don't yeah. see it all. Um, yeah. so it took a while, but we ultimately like started closing the distance on these rock features and we're super excited. We couldn't see the Rams. It was like, are they going to be there? Did they feed up and out? Like, you know, all that. So we get up to these rock features and peek over and both Rams are there and they're bedded. One's essentially facing us and then one's facing away from us and range and they're at like 270, 280, something like that. And again, we were kind of going to be exposed to try and glass them or to try and get in any sort of shooting position. And so Mark and I were kind of amongst ourselves like, all right, do we want to glass first and identify a ram or should I try just to get set up first and see what's possible? Because it's this rock feature that's like, is real steep. So I have to like, to be to be able to be up and on it and kind of like be able to shoot over it, I have to be somewhat exposed, but then my whole backside of my body is like falling down this rock feature and this slope and like, can I hold myself? And anyway, I did some crawling and maneuvering and got to the point where I was in a shooting position, potentially on either ram, but then it was also like very, very tight where I was like, all right, well, if I'm potentially going to shoot, say the upper ram, like this rock, this other rock's actually in my way, but I'm in a good spot for the lower ram. And then, so it was just like one of those tough, like how to get in the right position without again, like getting busted and all this stuff. Cause I'm somewhat exposed and finagled into a position I felt better about potentially to shoot either one. And so then Mark's a little bit of way, but enough where we can kind of communicate. And so he's looking at both rams and we had, um, he had the digiscope going and at the end of the day, they're both legal old rams. And the upper one was broomed on one side, but not the other. But and we couldn't see the non-broomed side very well, but Mark was like, he's of age for sure, like no question. So whether or not that other side's full curl, it doesn't matter. Like he's illegal, he's of age. Um, And then the other ram, similar, Mark's like, he's definitely old enough. I don't care what I see on the, you know, like shape or whatever, but he was actually, we were able to determine that he was actually double broomed. And so I'm like here and it's like, dude, this is a weird position. Like <laughs> I get to pick between two rams right now. Like this, you know, it went from not hunting to like, holy cow, I'm staring at two doll sheep and I essentially could shoot either one. And I'm like, it, the, the setting was crazy. This glacier in the background and it was just surreal, man. It was super, super surreal. And you know, the whole, like going into the trip, I was like, you know, pretty much like any legal ram, I'm going to have a hard time walking away from. And now I'm like in this spot of like, oh, I got to pick a ram, you know? And uh, the what was the lower ram was the double broomer. And I was like, yeah, I think to me, for whatever reason, he looked a little bit older. They were probably were roughly the same age. But then I was like, yeah, if I'm going to have a broomed ram, I'd rather have a, a double broomed ram than, you know, uh, asymmetrical one broomed one not and then to me the 
he looked a little bit older. He was definitely a bit heavier in the horn. And uh, it, again, all these thoughts are just in my head and like processing this is surreal. But I ultimately told Mark, I'm like, all right, I'm taking the, the what I called the low one. It's like, I'm going to shoot the low one. He's like, all right, it's you. Like, go. And he was set up. And uh, yeah, again, he was confident that either one was legal and it was bedded. And I had a pretty good window uh, to shoot while it was bedded. And it was, I think, 276 or 278 or something like that. Um, and yeah, got on them, got steady, breathe, squeeze, and sent it. And he just was done right there in his bed and just went from head up to head down. And that was it. Like it was, it's still like hard to process, but it was like, <laughs> you know, I shoot and we're both, you know, Mark and I are relatively quiet watching. He kicked a little bit and I just went ahead and sent another one. But then he's done just down. I, I literally just look at Mark and I'm like, I, I did not know what to say. Like, yeah, I, it just did not. It was wild, man. And so the other ram had stood up and like kind of looked and milled about and bedded right back down. <laughs> so Mark and I are right there and this other ram's still there. And, um, you know, we celebrated uh, calmly, if you will. Like there's no hooting and hollering and screaming, but hugs and congrats and all that. And I was just like in such disbelief and then Mark still had his scope out and it did just scope on. And he was like, do you mind if I film this other ram for a minute? I'm like, no, go ahead. Cause I need like some time to process what the heck just happened. And so we literally just filmed this other ram for a little bit. And eventually, you know, Mark and I got up and we're moving around more. And eventually that ram walked away. But uh, yeah, I gathered our stuff. And it was one of those things where, you know, the ram I shot's 207 yards away, but it's loose and steep and whatever. And it took a little bit to get there. And then yeah, to just like get there and put my hands on it and it be real was, was very, very surreal. And it was cool. Like we took some time, uh, like before we did photos, before we, you know, like go to break down the Ram or break down our packs. Like we literally just sat up there for a little bit and, sat there with the ram and giant Alaska mountains and a glacier and just like sat there and soaked it in. And I think that was like just super cool moments. And like looking back at it, really special it was like, mm -hmm. we're not in a rush. We're just going to sit here and soak this in. And it, it, it was just awesome, man, to sit there and soak it in and then, you know, put hands on them more and get pictures and, uh, yeah, obviously broke them down, get the packs loaded up. I mean, we were up there for, you know, a couple hours or whatever. And yeah, just pretty wild. And then we had to hike, you know, back across that glacier to get to camp and doing that, getting across that glacier with, you know, heavy packs was, uh, a little bit challenging for sure. And but thankfully the weather was good the whole time 
and it was just a surreal amazing like awesome day and like back to the beginning of the story as you were saying steve like going up there and shooting that beautiful first ram would have been cool but it would not have been nearly as like rewarding or special or memorable or Mm. meaningful um to like go through all the weather and the ups and the downs and breaking gear and covering miles and having this other ram shot and to go through everything and now be on day nine and to deal with all the you know the mental stuff and the physical stuff and kind of being sick and like all that and like now it's come together it's like all right that's what i wanted you know i wanted to go sheep hunting i didn't just want to like go up to alaska and kill a sheep and i got the whole sheep hunt you know it was got the, it was pretty got the cool. experience yeah so yeah we were we were probably 15 ish 15 16 miles deep um where we shot that ram it was probably like three miles back to camp and so we knew like okay the next day is a big day i mean obviously throw around miles but like again none of this is on trail (laughs) there's a lot of glacier stuff a lot just it was tough going and it's like man i don't know that that we can get out of here in a day or not um you know because from camp we had call it 12 to 13 miles to get out we only did three of the 15 to 16 mile pack out and got to camp so we get to camp and it's you know it's almost dark and just again like processing and enjoying and soaking everything up and it starts raining as we're getting into the tent and so of course we're staying up and telling stories and eating dinner and just super jacked and it's raining and you know we eventually go to sleep and at one point i wake up in the night and i'm like that rain sounds funny and went back to sleep and then woke up again i was like i think that's snow you know and then go back to sleep and wake up and dude it dumped snow that night like dumped (laughs) snow i mean it's hard to say how much because it you know it blows around and whatever but i mean every bit of eight inches probably and (laughs) what made a tough pack out yeah so it's like holy cow like we got 12 13 miles now it snowed we still had another (laughs) glacier to cross so now all the the steep loose jagged rock is covered with snow so not only can you not see but it's slick and we got heavy packs and we got to go up and over this mountain pass which the the side of it we were on that was kind of already um like super spongy and marshy so it was like a little bit tough to walk on but now it has like you know call it eight inches of snow on top of it and you're eight inches of snow plus like this marshy spongy stuff like oh man this is gonna be a freaking tough tough time so yeah we got up got loaded up and we took off without you know like i don't know if we're getting out of here or not like it kind of didn't matter we were just gonna do what we could and uh (laughs) we we ended up making it like we got back uh just basically like right before dark we had probably you know it was a 12 hour day 
with very few breaks, especially very few breaks not being under the pack. Um, and again, like mostly in snow and off trail, like it was a tiring day, but tough day. It was like one of those, like, again, like this is what I want. Like this is hard in the best way possible. I'm packing a doll sheep out of the Alaska mountains in the snow, you know, heavy pack. Like I was all kinds of, you know, suck and smile at the same time. It was such a cool day. And then just like, it was not anything, you know, we pushed hard for anybody other than we were just hiking, but it was like, it was rewarding mm-hmm. to like finish that whole pack out in a day mm-hmm. in those conditions. Like it was just, it was like, all right, this is cool to finish this, you know? So, um, yeah, there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole nother story at the end of this pack out that I don't want to get into right now, but Needless to say, when we got back and finished the pack out, the adventure was not over. I'll maybe save that for another story or a a story for another time. And I'd love to get Mark on here too and um, just get some of his stuff. But yeah, that's the not so short version. So essentially it was uh, day nine, um, killed the ram and then was able to pack out And by the end of day 10, which I didn't expect. I thought... It was going to take us more than that day, but yeah, we, we got out, um, crazy, crazy late by the time we were able to get to the truck and drive. And again, a whole nother <laughs> adventure that I'll say for another time. Um, yeah, got home like back to Mark's at, I don't know what time in the morning, like obviously way late at night slash early in the morning after driving a whole bunch. So we, we were both exhausted, but keeping each other awake on that drive home and again, telling stories. And we saw on the drive home, the Aurora was out, the Northern lights were out. So at one oh, point geez. we just like stopped and pulled over and was like looking at the Northern lights again. And, um, as you know, from being up there, Steve, like that's incredible. Yeah. That in itself is worth the whole trip. It is. Yeah. yeah. It was just like a driving home exhausted, but also so excited. And it was like, freaking coming home with a ram awesome northern lights like it was just uh yeah man like there was very very like tough low moments on the trip but then there was like just the highest of highs and like again having both of those is everything you could hope for like if it was just the good stuff and just the easy stuff it wouldn't be so rewarding so to have yeah just the full experience man was crazy crazy wild so yeah, it ended up being uh, a nine-year-old ram. We weren't sure if he was nine or ten. It's obviously a little bit harder to count when they're broomed, and he was broomed heavy. Like he wasn't just like tip broomed. Like he's heavily broomed. Um, real good mass that just like carries. Um, like his bases are, I think, just under fourteen, but he just like carries mass way far out. And good old mature ram and. Uh, yeah, we had, we never ended up cooking anything in the field. Um, but after, you know, getting back to Mark's, like the next day, we, we fried up some tenderloins, like in the sheep fat and like with his whole family had a meal together. And that was another cool thing. It's just like, uh, you know, I'd spent time with Mark before uh, a couple times, but like being able to spend time with him, he has two boys and, uh, his wife and like spending time with their family and 
um that stuff's super meaningful to me like on a hunt too you know that it's not just like hey i'm up here and there's this guide and i'm just this client but like a yeah. friend and family and like sharing that meal together and telling stories with his boys and then you know we got my ram out and then mark has a couple of his personal rams he's killed so then like me and mark and his two young boys are sitting around the kitchen table like passing rams around and comparing them and telling stories and it was just super cool man super super cool i think you should probably retire from hunting I, yeah i don't know where you go i don't know I, this I don't know what to do. sounds like you just i mean you checked every freaking box you could possibly ask for tough yeah. difficult hunts kill a nice mature ram see the northern lights plenty of obstacles along the way highs and lows i mean you just couldn't write that up any better that's yeah. awesome i want to yeah, talk gear crazy. with you but well yeah it's like don't even want to distract from the story in itself we'll just save that for another podcast yeah it'd be fun like uh we can talk gear i want to get mark on i'm going to do a gear um video as well like you did with yours and like we've done like a what's in my pack but mm -hmm. i thought about trying to do that before the hunt but the main reason it didn't was we were just so stinking busy with xo i didn't have literally did not have the time but then it was also like oh it'd be fun to do this afterwards because not only can i like say hey here is what was in my pack but like here's what i would learn here's what i do differently here's what worked here's what didn't etc so um yeah i'll do what's in my pack video um we can talk gear on the podcast and then any questions that you guys have like about the experience or gear or whatever um we'll definitely do some q a stuff as well so just let us let us know what you want to hear shoot us an email it's just podcast at xomountaingear.com and uh yeah more to come i guess i'm i'm still processing everything myself it's pretty wild it's awesome man well i guess nothing to say but congrats well, there you have it, guys. Once again, if you have any questions for us about this hunt, hunting Alaska in general, anything like that, send that email to podcast at xmountaingear.com. We'd love to answer your questions on a future episode. And while you're sending us an email, consider telling us about a story that you have or an experience or a lesson that you learned this fall. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate all of the interaction with you guys listening to the show. It it's fun to record these episodes and to put them out there, but man, it's really fun to hear back from you guys. So thanks for taking the time to interact and support the show and do that. I hope you have some great experiences out there for yourself this fall. Good luck. Enjoy every moment and we'll talk to you soon.